0: all roads kind of lead back to London uh, at some point, I feel. Welcome to the Instec London podcast. This is Matthew
1: Grant, one of the partners at Instec London. And this episode, number 30, I'm talking to Bernard Goida, who is a senior reporter from Insurance Insider. Bernard left London this April, where he'd been the Insider's Technology and insure tech reporter. Uh, we see him quite regularly at Instec London, and he's joined the Insider team in New York. Uh, we talk about Bernard's impressions of what he's come across in the US, and in particular, how what's happening in insurance and innovation compares to what he's been seeing back in the UK, and also a bit about what he's hearing from the people over there and what they think about what London's up to for insurance and technology. And then finally, we hear what Bernard is missing about being in London. Bernard, good, uh, I guess it's good morning for you in uh, in New York. What are you up to on this on this Friday?
0: Yeah, so I'm just in the office. It's a quiet one. A lot of the, a lot of the, uh, my colleagues at uh, the Insider Office are, are off today. It's Memorial Day. We've got a um, We've got a three-day long weekend, and everyone's going to the beach, and it's all—it's at the start of summer, the official start of American summer, so I'm very excited about that.
1: We're missing you in London, but your colleagues, Mark and the others, are doing a great job at turning up to our events and keeping things moving in your absence. So it'd be, it'd be really good to hear, just you know, in the brief time you've been there, but I'm sure you've got a good perspective. I mean, what, what are the main differences you're seeing between the startup world, tech innovation and insurance for the U.S. versus over here in, in the U.K.?
0: Sure. Well, I think there's a really interesting dynamic at play in the U.S. because the, uh, in terms of a tech, from a tech point of view, the U.S. is really where it, where it all started with the with the dot com boom, with the creation of internet companies. It's it's an incredibly advanced society in general. But when it comes to insurance, it's a really old-fashioned industry in a way that I hadn't really experienced before. And one example of this, I won't actually name the company, so I'll spare their blushes. But uh, I'm going to this conference in Texas next week and arranging some interviews. And and check. one of these companies had raised a hundred million dollars as a um, as an aggregator for consumer insurance and renters insurance. And I was like, great. Well, I might be buying renters insurance or getting quotes. So I, I went and got a quote on the website uh, to, to see what it was like and uh, and you know see what the pricing was like and see who was underwriting the product as, a, as an insurance geek, but also as a potential buyer. And um, I typed my, my name in, typed my number in, address in, and within seconds I had a quote about $15 a month for Brooklyn. And five minutes after that, My colleague's phone rang. and I must have put in the wrong number because she's now getting endless calls from a sales person at this company who wants to do the transaction over the phone. Um, You know, you would never get Go Compare or uh, Money Supermarket kind of calling you up. You know, that is that is part of the sales process, but it's very much a kind of opt-in system. And if you wanted to do the transaction online in the UK, you'd always be able to on the Direct Line website or on the Hiscox website or something like that. Whereas here. It's, there's no possibility of doing a, trans, a transaction even as basic as buying buying uh, rent insurance. That's why somebody like Lemonade is seen as so revolutionary out here, because it's, oh, wow, you can do it on the internet. It's stuff that we've been able to do for years in the UK, and we totally take for granted. Here, just because of the regulatory framework, you've got uh, every single state is, is effectively a different country when it comes to insurance regulation. It just means that you can't really do any of these transactions online, and, and the... The barrier to entry is so much higher than I think it is in the European market for insure tech.
1: You mentioned you'd been up to um, startup boot camp in, in Hartford and seen a bit of what's going on over there. sort a of first hand.
0: Um, I was lucky enough to speak to the insurance commissioner for Connecticut about the startup. That, uh, they want to develop a startup hub out there, and that's what they've been doing. They've got it's it's not just P&C. There's also a lot of life insurers like Aetna um, and people like that out in Hartford. You've got reinsurance there. Um, across Connecticut, you've got companies like, uh, you're not too far away from WRB. You've got Hartford themselves. You've got the, the travelers have their biggest office. in They've got their biggest office there in, in the city of Hartford. So it's it's a good place if you're a SaaS business, I think, to real we get up and up and close to the insurance industry and understand what they what they need as customers i think it's a it's definitely a good place to do that in. it's not uh, the most exciting town it's very suburban and there's some brilliant brilliant startups there um i mean just to uh, probably the uh, so there's people like ClaimSpace space from australia who are who are just really honing the relationship between uh between clients and the insured at the point of claim, which I think is a really, a really good one. There was Skywatch, uh, which were doing um, drone insurance, um, reminded me a lot of Flock, uh, and I think there's probably some similarities there. But but they, um, I think there's probably room in that market for more than one company, and uh, they have they're fully licensed in the US, which in all fifty states, which Flock isn't. Um, and then you had people like. Uh, pineapple um really cool south african company who are doing uh, just gadget insurance but you take a photo of it and then the ai works out what the object is and what the value is uh, and underwrites a policy on it and i thought that was a really uh, just a really smart bit of tech and if you can actually successfully plug that into the back end if they can get capacity from from a carrier and and get that up and running then um i think they'll be really successful yeah but, but actually hearing quite
1: a lot about pineapple we had them popping up on on stage um and you mentioned just in there that you, you spoke to the commissioner out there. I think one of the things you've written in your article that stood out was that they say that they're going to be able to just go from filing to approve within two weeks.
0: In the U.S., uh, if you're selling normal insurance, so home insurance or small business insurance or anything like that, the price of that cover is not set by the market. It is regulated by the state commissioner, and every year you have to file uh, that product and that rate and get the price of that insurance approved uh, by a commissioner, which in who in many states is is a democratically elected position. It's not in Connecticut, but it is in lots of states. It's a, it's, a, it's the, this is an elected official that will just. Uh, decide what price the insurance is set at. So it's a very socialist system, actually. Um, And uh, it's very bureaucratic. And um, what they're saying in Connecticut is that if you have a new product, we can launch that in two weeks, get it through the regulatory system that's going
1: into the admitted market is it? it's not it's not exactly another. so okay. that's
0: yeah so that's that's for admitted products in Connecticut they can get things approved in two weeks uh, one of the products that got approved there recently was um, Berkshire Hathaway's new business insurance thing which is called three and it's called three because um, is it's a three-page uh, business insurance policy and uh, they're selling it online and I was trying to trying to work out where it, uh, where this thing was licensed and I went on the website and uh, an agent just popped up on a chat chat window. I said, oh, can I help you with anything? So I was like, yeah, well, I'm trying to find out where these guys, where you're licensed. And he was like, yeah, we're licensed in Connecticut and three other states. I think Texas was one of them. And um, so that was, that's partly, they, they obviously would have chosen those states because there's a market there, but also because it's easy to get the paperwork done and test things out. And then once you have a good product, you can release it across all the other states.
1: Oh, that's really interesting so that's, that's the reason for Hartford being the, being the hub so you, you, you kind of start them incubate them prove it works um, and
0: it's a chicken and egg thing to be honest it's uh, you know we don't know whether it's hard to say whether the I, I think it's probably it makes sense for the regulator there to be responsive because there's a lot of insurance companies there it's, just, it's in the same way like Pittsburgh is a steel town or Detroit's a, a car town um, Hartford in Connecticut's an insurance town
1: yeah as you said less, <laughs> less distractions in Hartford than there might be if you're trying to do the same thing in, in London you mentioned in one of your articles recently, I, you put the headlines, uh, Lemonade wants to dominate uh, insurance. And that, uh, <laughs> I'm not quite sure if they've been reading the press or they just don't care. But domination seems to have sort of fallen out in favor in, in terms of how insurtechs or startups talk about themselves. But do, do, you, do you think that they're just being a bit provocative or are they being naive uh, I mean, or are they taking I, on no, the world? I,
0: i think I think what they, I think they, they, they are already dominant in renters insurance um, and i don 't think it's a huge jump to see them also uh, be a significant force in areas like homeowners um, i don 't think they 'll do auto um, they could certainly do small business if they wanted to. I think they're being quite what one on the outside seems like quite a quite a kind of radical expansive aggressive strategy. Um, for for Dan and the lemonade team, they they see it as perfectly rational. What they're saying is, we if we can get a one percent slice of the uh, you know global uh, homeowners market or the global uh, renters market, then that's a massive. Um, we can be a big company.
1: And you mentioned the combined ratio is coming down from from three hundred nineteen percent to one hundred sixteen percent. So they sort of, they've got a sort of route to profitability now.
0: I think they don't care so much about profitability in that traditional sense, um, and uh, this has always been a bit of a bone of contention. If you've followed Matteo Carboni and Adrian Jones's blogs about Lemonade, for instance, uh, they they will always point out that well, they kind of slightly fiddle the expense ratio because they take out some things, and uh, Lemonade com- have come back with saying, "Oh, you know, we just we d- we just set up the numbers in the way that the." Regulator in New York has told us to, you know, we're not doing anything any different to anyone else. It's just uh, people don't normally dig into the kind of financials of insurance companies in the same way they should be necessarily. And that's what we try and do here at The Insider. But but yeah, I, th- I think they're, um, they're certainly, the great thing about Lemonade from a business point of view is that their expense ratio is so low because so much is automated. And um, if they can combine that with smart underwriting and get a better underwriting ratio and, Obviously, they're giving a lot of profits away to charity as well. Then, then yeah, they can certainly be a successful business. I think. What are you
1: hearing, if anything, <laughs> about the people you're talking to about what's going on in in the UK or Europe? Either from perspective of the capacity you know, through Lloyd's or some of the other local markets here, uh, but also on the technology side, is is it does it register at all when you're talking to people?
0: I went to, to drinks with some brokers in um, in New York my first couple of weeks, and uh, people. People were really excited by it when I told them about PPL, which is this uh, digital system that's used in the London market and's been a um, been that Lloyd's have, have forced brokers to use to push business into Lloyd's. And um, that kind of idea of having a single insurance market where you use a single insurance platform to push a risk through is would actually be totally revolutionary for the commercial insurance market in the states. Here, everyone uses a different system and has a different way of getting risk to you and if you're a if you're an agent or you're a broker you have to handle these different systems or you might be tied you might be a, a tied agent and you'll only work with farmers or work with uh progressive or somebody like that and you have their sign above they have your, you know their name above your shop and then you only need to worry about one system but the idea of the idea of an insurance market uh at all really it's only only really exists um in probably in Miami for the Latin American insurance market is the only place that truly exists in the US and there may be a few kind of marine markets and stuff but but I think they see London as uh, incredibly high tech and incredibly sophisticated in terms of insurance and indeed that's where if you want to buy terrorism insurance or you want to buy um serious liability insurance or if you want to buy anything uh, like cyber insurance you have to go to the London market because it's only available in excess and surplus lines and Lloyd's and the London market has a dominant position in excess and surplus lines. So yeah, it's Lloyd's is, it's not obvious, but if you slightly look under the surface, um, as, Oh, who's backing this MGA or who, who does this broker deal with, uh, which wholesale broker are doing it? You can all roads kind of lead back to London.
1: That's both capacity and technology, or do you think it's more driven by traditional Lloyd's appetite for that Non-emitted what? market, or is the technology? Is, is, are the, the the technology in a sense of you know, innovative ways of pricing and? Uh, assessing data and risks—is that also seen as something that's happening in London, or is it just purely a capacity play?
0: Sure, I, th- I think the—I um, think certainly on a capacity play, you know, you, you've got to look at the reinsurance market as well, and that's that—that's had a um, people like Munich Re backing inuretex. That's that—that's—that's that's been huge. But but in terms of technology, my point is that there's been nothing like the target operating model um, happening in the US. There's been no systematic. There's that. There, there have been attempts, but no one has successfully rallied the entire industry around a kind of modernization piece, which leaves them more vulnerable to an extent uh, for disruption by startups, So I think. This idea that you have an API, you have like a software platform um, that anyone can access or you know you can plug in and you can white label it and other people can access it, that's a, from a distribution point of view, that's, that's going to, I think, be really important for commercial insurance out here in the next couple of years.
1: Because Guru actually, was like, that's, a, that's a good success story given that they were... Out of, came out of startup bootcamp in London and then uh, you know, back, now back in the US.
0: A, a company that's like kind of doesn't, can, uh, is a really great example of a company that has um, played the kind of jumping between different locations and different geographies really effectively and really well. They didn't seem kind of, you know, they, they're they very, because with a company like that, uh, they you can say, oh, you know, we're a Silicon Valley startup or we're an East Coast startup or we're a London startup. And you can almost, you uh, and all of the above are true with a startup like Zaguru. They're in they're in different places at different times. They seem to be all over the place. They've got a clear clear mission, which is saying, okay, we're going to make it easier to do um, for you to buy cyber insurance, and we can uh, do the kind of have a, have a risk uh, assessment that gets plugged into that. And that's the key thing, really. And that's that's the big thing that's going to change with uh, with the whole industry, especially with Internet of Things coming in. I think you're going to see a lot more uh, of the the kind of uh risk consultancy side of it's gonna become increasingly important because that that gives people a a really clear link between if you want to reduce your premiums then you could then you need to do more and you're seeing that a lot on the health tech side in the US, you know. Anything you miss about being in London when you're over in the US? Oh yeah, the pubs. Um the pubs here are dreadful. Uh they don't have they don't really do pubs to the same extent. And um they don't have enough bu- they don't have enough toilets as well in the pub. <laughs> so I miss like British I miss like weirdly I miss like British pub toilets and I, I thought I'd never say that good
1: well, <laughs> a word with Mark to see if you can figure you out your own personal mobile toilet so you don't <laughs> at least don't get caught short well, but that was great uh, look, look forward to catching up again again soon and I guess if anybody wants to come across your writing you are I guess insuranceinsider.com
0: the- yeah we're at insuranceinsider.com you can follow me on Twitter at Bernard Goider. um or you can hit me up on LinkedIn uh, just type on Bernard and I should should appear at some point and yeah, it'd be great to, great to hear from you if you've got any feedback and um, just let us know. Feel free to get in touch.
1: Brilliant. Well, enjoy a long weekend. Many thanks. 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 Well, that wraps it up for this week. If you haven't already discovered our previous podcast, you may find something of interest in those. We are now podcasting weekly. Uh, if you want to learn more about what we're doing at Instech London and learn in particular about how you might be able to get involved whether you're for insurance or technology or indeed anywhere else, you can find out more at www.instec.london. Learn about our past events, our future events and also subscribe to our newsletter.